Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 79, The Pigs Are Walking. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Bross. <laughs> hey, Good hey. Good viewers. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Sorry, I should have said to my left and right, Bross. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that comes from uh, an email by David uh, earlier this week, David Boxcutter, who said uh, that uh, in, in his mind, Ross and Brett... Are uh, one entity named Bros. Mm. I, uh, I might put that letter up on the on the blog if uh, if David gives us his permission because I thought it was excellent. Well, you would because you're not merged with another person. No, and and because <laughs> I, I end up being a 24 year old thin person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was I was I was surprised that he could actually make you out in the video podcast. Um, considering there and, is no video podcast, and tell that uh, you were just a slightly older. Very thin person. <laughs> hey, I'm not too sure about the horn section you've added to the opening music there, Brett. It's it's a little. I thought I thought we needed a music bed for the entire show. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I, I might just fade it out later on. Okay, that sounds it's, good. It's very disturbing. It's very disturbing. We're recording this, of course, at uh, the wonderful studios at Three Triple R, while Johnny Von Goes JVG Radio Method is on, and he has an entire. Uh, I'd call it a big band. With, uh, it's a band with, called the Scar Vendors. Right, right. I liked them before I knew their name. Now, not so much. But they're uh, out in the hallway <laughs> playing their song for uh, Live on Radio. So if you've heard this week's uh, JVG Radio Method, you'll know what we're talking about. And uh, this is what happens when we bring box cutters a day early so that we can get in and talk about uh, the new Rove season starting up tonight. Yes. Before it actually goes to air. Before it goes to air so we can have uh, all of our thoughts uncluttered by reality. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't we have been better off? Shut up, Ross. Waiting and shut up. No, I, I thought it was an April Fool's trick. Surprise! <laughs> the show's a day early. Either, either way, either way, uh, I can't do the show tomorrow night. So that's why we're we're a day early. It's uh, it's Passover this week, and so I have other obligations that involve eating unleavened bread for uh, for the rest of the week. Uh, coming up later on at Box Cutters, we have. Some I don't buy it, which is great because there are so many ads around at the moment. So many, I think, new ads uh, that we've had uh, c- kind of a, a huge influx of I don't buy it. So I'm loving that. Got some quotes. Uh, Going to talk about a show called The Riches. Some live quotes of sorts. Yeah, live-ish quotes. Mm. Well, it won't just be me reading them out. Mm. I've actually got the actual people coming into the studio, but we're going to put them out in the hallway <laughs> and just have them scream in their quotes. <laughs> when they finish playing their horn section. Yes. People clearly love it. They love it. Going to talk about some footy, going to finish it all off with pork, but as always, we're going to kick things off with the Box Cutters News. Ross's favourite person in the world at the moment, Senator Helen Coonan. Oh, for God's sake. You've ruined the show already. <laughs> Let's start again. <laughs> Has taken the media industry by surprise, scrapping ownership restrictions two months earlier than expected in a move that's uh, probably going to prompt a feeding frenzy once everybody gets into the office on Monday morning. Well, uh, much, uh, much as we saw when uh, the legislation was first announced, um, and uh, it, which didn't actually allow them to have the cross-media ownership now that uh, all holds have become unbarred. Well, that wasn't confluent <laughs> at all. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of action this week, so uh, well, strap we, yourselves in. We already saw huge changes in the stock market on Friday after uh, after the announcement on Thursday. And, uh, yeah, this whole, what the <laughs> hell is going on? <laughs> I, I, oh, get out of the I, shipping channel, Josh. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't actually going to bring this up into pork, but uh, in the tradition of the Steve Irwin doll, people watching on the video podcast will see that I've got the Senator Helen Coonan talking parrot. Oh, that's you right. just you just pull the string here. Oh no, it's not close enough to the microphone. Hold on, hold on a sec. You pull the string here. <laughs> ah, ah! Find the sky. Find the sky. <laughs> You hate her so much. <laughs> what uh, is ask it a question? <laughs> uh, Senator ah, Coonan. Find the sky. 
So, uh, Senator Parrot Coonan, what, <laughs> what what do you think of uh, the the introduction? Ah, of the- pie in the sky, right. pie in the sky. The, uh, the I, I think it's very interesting that uh, that Coonan's brought in. By these- the way, we're we're selling them. So uh, the address that's coming up on the crawl at the bottom of the video podcast. There if you no if you want to buy podcast. one, just send your checks there. there yeah. No Otherwise, uh, just podcast. follow the link on the blog. There is a blog which says uh, buy something nice. Yeah, buy something nice. Uh, go to the uh, superstore of love. I'll put a picture of the parrot on yes. there. <laughs> that, that, that'd be great <laughs> on the blog as well. You'll have the Coonan box cutters T-shirt. Yeah. So how long, guys, do you think until uh, these new media ownership laws mean that? We're seeing nothing but uh, I don't know, garbage on television. Last year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Two years ago. No, I mean, we've talked about this before. We can't work out if it is or how it is going to affect us as viewers. Senator Coonan keeps talking about how, oh, I'm pretty sure. She never says definitely. She only says, I'm pretty sure it'll mean an increased choice for consumers. Please. I don't even know what she means by that. But if anyone uh, wants to go through the internet and just do a Google News search on uh, Senator Coonan and uh, media laws for this last week, you will see many, many repeated phrases because that's all she knows how to do. Yep. She, She's a parrot with a, with a pullable string. With a pullable string. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting when we had Tom Elliott in a while ago and he basically said that he doesn't think there'll be much change to viewers. So I'm going to go with that. Not much change. One of the things I read uh, today uh, that looks like happening uh, straight up is News Limited uh, pursuing Channel 10. Ah, hmm. that is interesting. Hmm. Well, that's, you know, I mean, that's also not going to change Channel 10's uh, content much at all because uh, most of that comes from Fox anyway. So I, I can't see how that's going to be any different. Hmm. The uh, And I want to apologise to listeners, first off, I've left all of my news notes at home. So I've done the research, but whatever remains in my head is what remains in my head. Uh, Patricia Edgar, the head of the uh, Australian Television... Australian Children's Television Foundation uh, has said this week at a talk that uh, she thinks that shows like Play School need to be updated. That uh, despite its uh, 40-year history, all Play School does now is uh, pander to the desires of parents who want to see the things that they saw when they were younger and doesn't take into account the needs of preschool children now. So she wants to see a big sun on the sets all the time with a baby's face on it and uh, maybe John and Noni getting dressed up I in was, I was, big alien suits. I was maybe. thinking more along the lines of a talking dog called Poochie. Uh-huh. Who's, who's always very cool and hip well, the, and on the edge. Well, this is this is what it sounds like. As I was reading her comments, and she, she also said that uh, half the money that is diverted to uh, children's drama needs to be taken away and uh, and put towards preschool shows. <laughs> Give it a good slap. <laughs> uh, needs to be put towards preschool shows like that. Uh, and also said that High Five is really just Britney Spears with a, a colourful backdrop. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I think she was probably unfairly harsh. Uh, and she didn't – well, there was nothing in the report that said how she would go about changing television for preschoolers. But I've watched Play School with preschoolers, and they love it, and it gets them involved. And I don't see how preschoolers from when we were growing up are any different to preschoolers now. I mean, there there is only so much that a human brain develops by the age of three or four. Uh, and so surely the things that uh, – they enjoyed then. They'll enjoy now. I don't see what her problem is. You know what I reckon they need to do? New windows. Keep the keep the arch window because everyone loves that, but maybe have a mm-hmm. diamond. And vista. And Yeah, or, or, or a pentagram. Right. A pentagram window. Ooh. Nice. Well, For the satanic uh, yeah. little stories. Yeah. That's, that's nice. Yeah, something a bit so, different. So, and still three windows, so one window for each witch. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Hey, in uh, fantastic news on the local comedy scene, comic genius Sean McAuliffe is returning to television. Comic he's, genius. Comic genius. Yeah. Is, is, he's officially accredited now? Yep. I, yeah. He has to sign his name, comic genius Sean McAuliffe. I was at the, he didn't uh, mention anything about that the other day. When I, I, saw him. I, I was at the ceremony. Did you actually talk to him? No, because no, he was well, on the well, phone. Oh. <laughs> Uh, he didn't mention it. He didn't interrupt his phone call to turn around to me and say, Brett, by the way, now I'm a comic genius. Firstly, as a comic genius, he would expect that you would already know uh, uh, that. In fairness, not Brett. 
you over there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is he now referenced uh, as Doctor, or is there some other? No, he just has to either sign his name, Comic Genius Sean McAuliffe, or Sean McAuliffe CG. Okay. A bit like where I put OBE after everything that I have to sign. Yeah, but with him, it's actually <laughs> official. Okay. <laughs> anyway, he has a brand new show starting on SBS. Uh, they're shooting the pilot in upcoming months. It's going to be called Newstopia, and it's a half-hour satirical look at the news of the world. And Presented by Naked Presenters? Presented Is Naked by... News still on? <laughs> <laughs> Presented by Sean McAuliffe, I, Every... I would imagine. <laughs> It sounds, like, it sounds like a news story, and a news show title that would uh, encourage that kind of stuff. Every week, Cropley, I am more and more amazed at the leaps and bounds that your brain takes. <laughs> what, what part referenced the nude part? Topia? Carry on, Ross. <laughs> carry on. No, oh, it, see, it, it was, was called Carry On News. <laughs> We'd understand completely. Uh, so, do we know who's, uh, who's producing it? Is it uh, Rocket Something Productions? Uh, I don't know the production company. Name, Rocket, sh- Rocket Ship. But it was, uh, I think it's the usual producers that he's worked with in the past. So, Gary McCaffrey. Yes, and somebody else. Because I know that he was working on a project with Andy McIntyre. Heaven forbid we should go a minute without some trumpet. The. Uh, <laughs> I, I know he was uh, working on something with Andy McIntyre, former uh, head of comedy at Channel 10. I don't have the producers' names with me, but I will uh, post them on the blog. That'd be great. So, um, yeah, that should be great. I know that at least two people around the big desk are big Sean McKayla fans. I'm yeah. a fan. And well, that's, one that's... is a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> just expects him to say random no, words. No, 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 no. He started coming to my cafe. All right, I was there first. I was looking through his kitchen window while he was on the telephone, and he said nothing about being referred to as comic genius. <laughs> and I paid the tapes back, and nothing at all. Brett, talking of comic geniuses, former science Seinfeld star Jason Alexander is making yet another attempt at a sitcom. Hang on, hang on. Where, who is the comic genius in that sentence? <laughs> I was being a little facetious. Ah. He's signed on to star in a cop-themed comedy pilot for the ABC in the US. It's uh, set in a precinct and follows a group of eccentric characters. Uh, there's no word on whether it'll be shot as a traditional sitcom or in the style of modern single-camera comedies such as Arrested Development it, and it's, Scrubs. It's interesting because they talk about the Seinfeld curse and the fact that these people can't get work again and mm-hmm. they say Julia Louis-Dreyfus has, has, you know, killed that curse with the god-awful <laughs> um, dumb adventures of stupid Elaine. But, the uh, new adventures of old Christine. But they keep watering Jason Alexander down a bit more each time. Like his original pilot, which I think was... I always get to say the Bob Morrison show, but that was the show about the talking dog here. Yes. It was something similar to that where he played a motivational speaker. That was just him. He took the whole load of that show and it just it went nowhere. Then he came back with one that he was joined with uh, Roseanne's husband. John, oh, uh, John Goodman. John Goodman. So it was kind of, they said, no, okay. Not Tom Arnold. <laughs> no. So they say, oh, we can't, he can't hold a show by himself, but maybe if we put him in a duo, now it's like he's in a, he's just one of a cast of seven or eight. And, and, well, and only in a Barney Miller remake as well. It's, it, it doesn't sound like, uh, well, all I that can, sounds like is I, it's Barney Miller. I can tell you that uh, Sarah LaFleur and Gillian Armanante, uh, who have both had uh, small roles in Grey's Anatomy, have also been cast in the pilot. I have no um, idea who that is. It was Bob no. Patterson. Bob Patterson. That's right. It. Yep. yep. None. Yep. Um, so so this looks like a trio, so they're, they're moving down the track. Speaking of comedies and that sort of thing, Australian favourites Kath and Kim have, are moving from the ABC and have been sold to the Seven Network for a reported $3 million. Mm. $3 million? Yep. That doesn't sound like a lot at all. You don't think so? No. Is it, this is the new series of Kath and Kim? There'll only be six episodes or something. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, considering that these are... This is a production company that now has a deal with US Networks. Yeah, I, I would have thought that. Uh, I, I would imagine this is just for local sale. I'd, I'd imagine that uh, for local mm-hmm. screening rights. Okay. I'd, I'd imagine that, that Channel Seven won't have a claim to 
claim to the episodes aside from that. And I'm sure there'd be very strict repeat rights on them as well. Yeah. Interestingly, Seven was not the highest bidder, but chosen because uh, Seven are having the highest ratings and the comedy duo one of the biggest viewing audience. That is interesting because one would think that the audience doesn't come with the network. It comes with the show. It comes with the show. They, they have a history with Channel 7 too. Yes, they did uh, Big Girl's Blouse. And originally the, the Kath and Kim character started on 7. Yes. So In Big Girl's Blouse. In Big Girl's Blouse, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and both of them worked uh, on 7 with, uh, with Full Frontal. Fast forward. Fast forward, full frontal. For, uh, totally full Gina, fast forwardness. Gina Riley, I think they might have gone at that point, all the good ones had. <laughs> Gina Riley was right back in the original fast forward. Yeah, me, and, think, uh, yeah. And, and then Jane came on, I think, in the second season. Yeah, she wasn't far behind. Uh, so, look good on them. Hmm. They're doing very well, and really, they don't have to work ever again. <laughs> they don't. Uh, lastly in the news... Harpo Productions, the uh, Oprah Winfrey company, has taken on Bertrand Van Munster, the... From the Munsters? No, Brent. <laughs> I thought they'd all be too old because it was in black and white and it was a very long time ago. And, and that one died. And they just weren't the real. Ah! Oh! <laughs> it was a TV show. It was, it was oh, a my fiction, God, I thought it was a docker. No. No, 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 it wasn't like the Adams Family. No, which was a docker uh, with a laugh track. The, uh, the Bertrand Van you Munster... You don't see enough of them, do you? <laughs> no. Documentaries with laugh tracks. That's, let's make one. Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. and maybe maybe we can have uh, maybe a horn section just outside a shot <laughs> the whole time. Just a complete random time. So. Yeah. yeah, the uh, uh, Bertrand Van Munster, who is executive producer of Amazing Race. Okay, uh, he has been hired by Oprah Winfrey to, uh, along with uh, his partner, whose name I forgot and don't have the notes here with me. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry about that. Who uh, who uh, are going to be the new showrunners for? One of two reality game shows that Harper will be producing later this year. Now, you say when when you say reality game shows, do you mean like just reality shows like Survivor that we're used to that we don't think of as game shows, or well, is it going to have a, a board that they have a model flipping over? Well, well Brent, in the jungle, it's <laughs> it's like you've never heard me say that term ever before in my life. Reality game show, extreme game show. This is what Survivor is. That's what Amazing Race is. It's a game. It's a show, but it also has components okay. of what people traditionally know of as reality television. I, I think Brett was just standing in for maybe a few uninformed listeners that, oh, that do, were... Oh, do you? Yeah. Well, you are so forgiving. <laughs> uh, so, yes, the, uh, the reality game show... Oh, wow, so nasty. Get me in the afternoon with some horn section. I turn <laughs> like that. A horn will do that to you. The, uh, the, the show is going to be called something like The Big Give... Oh, God. You see, when you first mentioned this, that's exactly what I thought. I thought Amazing Race with God. Kind of. Like kind of Christian Amazing Race. But not God. Charity. Yeah, but Oprah's kind of, you know, I'm I'm always reminded of that Futurama quote where they say, well, why couldn't they have followed a more traditional religion like voodooism or Oprahism? (laughs) I mean, because she she is. She's like this whole religion. And I can just imagine, you know, race to this other side of the world and... Help a whole lot of poor people and then build a school and yeah, that's well, that's like exciting. Television. That's that's what it's going to be like. They're oh, going to be given yuck. money and the opportunity to uh, help people, and then yuck. every week someone is going to be eliminated because they, my guess, didn't help people enough. And you helped people too little. <laughs> Less sitting on your ass, you're out. And uh, and then the winner is going to be given their wildest dreams come true. Oh God. What. Which is just... You know what this sounds like? It sounds like if Oprah Winfrey came up with a show, she, which is just awful. That is what happened. Oh. That's, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so, you know, look out for that. Uh, it's mm. sure to be a whole bucket of poison. Mm. And that is the Box Cutters News. Take it away, horn section. Are you section. one of those that follows the answers? Follows the answers. Follows the answers. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July. Go down on you. Take it away, horns. Oh, I'm guessing they don't buy something to do with horns. Brasso ads. Ads for Brasso. I think they're getting closer. <laughs> they're getting closer. <laughs> oh. The people listening probably can't hear the horns at all, thinking, what the hell? A, w- a good week and then too much granola again. Yeah, but really, it's not... Oh, yeah, they can totally hear that. 
<sighs> anyway. Ross McQueen with uh, I Don't Buy It. Uh, I wanted to talk briefly about uh, cliches in ads. I think uh, cliches and stereotypes are the lifeblood of ads and uh, it's not difficult to see why I think if you've got to tell a story and sell a product in 30 seconds obviously you're going to resort to cliches and stereotypes as much as you can but I'm always amazed how whatever the product whatever the company there just seems to be one idea floating around for any given product and all the different versions of it just kind of leech onto that leech onto that one idea Uh, an example of the moment is oral hygiene uh, every kind of oral hygiene product seems to be advertised with some sort of uh, extreme sport link, be it internal or external. You've got uh, exploding mouths when people use mouthwash. You've got strips in toothpaste which make it make the experience like snowboarding. You've got uh, and the, this uh, you've got ones that blow up pipes and clean the sides of buildings when you spit it out uh, and. A new one, I'm not sure what it's for, but uh, it's as though a person is literally shot out of a cannon and they fly through the air through a billboard and land in their chair at work all because they brush their teeth. Really? Yeah, yeah. I kid you not. I kid you not. But but how? How does that... I don't understand how any of this works. Maybe it's a bit like uh, you just automatically go horse riding when you have your period. Yeah, yeah, or go for a swim or something mm, like that. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I can't explain how it works, but, but that's, that's how you advertise oral hygiene products. I've uh, never had my period. Another example... You'll have it one day, Josh. Another example uh, that, that seems to just have one idea is uh, bank ads at the moment. And the way bank ads are working at the moment is all banks have freakishly good people working for them. Not just, not just your average ordinary good person, but freaks of society who are amazingly good. Uh, the Commonwealth Bank started this trend off. Uh, they had a whole series of ads. One of them involved a woman assaulting a man with a plastic hammer after he, uh, after he didn't respond to her pregnant girl ah, that's being right. pushed was- into his head on a bus. To be fair, that was quite a good ad. You think? I, d- I didn't know it was for a bank, but <laughs> but I, I was entertained while watching it. Another one in that same series had a guy walking into a door carrying a huge amount of paper and thinking the door was going to be held open for him. He went smashing into the door, threw the paper everywhere. And apparently uh, there are no more seat offerers or door openers out there in society because they're all working for the Commonwealth Bank. Ah, oh, so the Commonwealth Bank has ruined the world for the rest of us. Apparently so. Right. Uh, so St. George has jumped on this, and uh, they've got a brand new ad. Uh, in this ad, there's two babies in a crib, and baby A and baby B. And baby A is crying up a storm, inconsolable, thrashing around, very upset. Baby B wants to comfort baby A. So baby B reaches down and finds a dummy that's fallen out and is in rolling around near the bottom of the crib, puts the dummy in baby's, baby A's mouth. Suddenly, baby A is feeling much better. And then, just to make it a little better, holds out their hand and uh, so, so to comfort baby A a little more, ends up holding hands. And a voiceover tells us that uh, apparently only very special people work at St George Banks. Cut to a bank some years later with uh, baby B all grown up and he's attending to a mother's financial needs and uh, she's got a crying baby with her and he remembers from being back in the crib how he comforted baby A. So he finds the baby's dummy and puts it in the, uh, in the baby's mouth. Get away from my child! <laughs> <laughs> now all of this uh, dummy stuffing, door opening and seat offering is well and good but it's all complete bullshit because... As everybody knows, the last 20 years, banks have done everything in their power to force customers out of the banks, to make it so that people don't come in at all. So uh, bank ads advertising good service. I don't buy it. I don't buy it either. It's mm. terrible. Hey, those two babies, mm-hmm. were they talking babies? No. Cause there's well, been... one of them was, but it was more of a crying. Because there's been a lot of talking babies on television recently. Yeah. And... It's unnatural and freaky. Yeah. I, I think just, oh. I think it's because technology's got to that level where it's easy to make a baby talk via technology. They just put uh, peanut butter in their mouths and uh, make them kind of like... <laughs> oh, like, like Mr. Ed. 
Yeah. The uh, I hope they don't have any peanut allergies. That would be terrible. Uh, well, the, they 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 quickly sort the wheat from the chaff on that count. So so give me you, another baby. Quick. Do you think in 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 that way, uh, television advertising is just one step ahead of eugenics, and uh, and we're going to see talking babies produced especially for advertising because it'll be cheaper than having to digitally manipulate their mouths. Oh, maybe, maybe, yeah. Interesting. I don't buy any of it. We would need a thing for this. I was going to come. I was going to come. I had it Now, just before you go, yes, is it just me or am I hearing the theme song for each segment several times? That's three or four times. Just you. Just you. Just me. Just you. Just 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 a little bit of just echoing around. I have deja vu. This this strange feeling. You're about to say something about the Amazing Race All Stars. It's interesting that you should say that. You are some kind of amazing psychic. Because uh, The Amazing Race All-Stars starts on at Channel 7 in a couple of weeks' time, and I've been loving it with, uh, with the download. Now, it's we should little... mention, <laughs> because Channel 7 has skipped Series 10, mm-hmm. yes. there has been change to the rules. Yes. That wasn't. Now, I'm, I'm not completely across this because I haven't seen Series 10. Now, with uh, coming last in non-elimination rounds, mm-hmm. in the past you had to give all of your money, yes. and then in some... In some series, all of your money and all of your, your belongings. Mm-hmm. What? No, no, just your backpack. So you could put on all of your clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all the clothes that you weren't wearing. Yep. Uh, you had to give them all to original Phil. Which... <laughs> Classic Phil. Classic Phil. <laughs> OP. Which, uh, which I, I... And you had to start the next leg with, with nothing. nothing. So, no so you weren't supposed to beg... Overnight, but once the leg started, then you, could, you were supposed to start begging, which which I was never a fan of. No. You know, rich Americans going to these poor poor countries, no, and, I didn't, and begging, and it 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 never sat well with me. Ex- except for in, even when they went to rich countries, except it just for never in, sat well with in me. Asian race, where people who had to beg actually <laughs> talked about how terrible it was for them to beg, whereas Americans kind of think, "I'm not begging here; I really just deserve money from you." Yeah. Yeah, whereas it changed, uh, it it changed the M and M's outlook on life. Yes, <laughs> yes. So uh, you know, all, all of that was was very interesting in Asian race, but in American race, no, I, I don't think it's ever worked. And ever since the first team to do it started begging, yep. then everyone's just gone right, we'll beg. Or yep. and then other teams started just giving them money, yeah, like yeah. leaving the money on their and car that's, and that's stuff. A bit and that. So what they do now in uh, in race is. In a non-elimination round... Is this the rule change? This is the rule change. In a non-elimination round, the team that comes last is then marked for elimination, which means that if... With like a big paintbrush. I would love that so much. <laughs> it's just a, a kick-me sign on their back. Now, the, uh, they're marked for elimination, which means that unless they come in first in the next leg, which is always going to be hard because, A, they're either at the back of the pack because they're not a very good team, or, B, they're at the back of the pack and all the other teams have a huge lead on them. So unless they come in first, they are going to have a half-hour penalty. Right. So they get to the mat and they have to wait for half an hour, during which time all the other teams could come in and then they lose. Which quite often happens. I mean, if you look at the times in the Amazing Race that teams set off, there usually isn't that great a difference from, say, first to last. It's probably more than, say, half an hour from first to last, but at any given time in, a, in that half an hour period, you could, yeah, you'll, you'll easily get quite a few of the teams in. Yeah, and, uh, and sometimes teams come in within 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes they'll they'll come in over an hour. Sometimes there's like a four or five hour lead. It mm. really it really just depends on uh, on what's happening. Oh, I think that's much better. It'd be a daunting wait for those teams, but I think that's a much better idea than yeah. begging. Well, and then and then there's drama as well. There's there's drama with uh, just cuts to the team who are waiting, and as they watch other teams come in, just yeah. thinking. That, yeah, and and the clock. They love having the clock yeah. counting down from their from their penalty. Which uh, I th- I think the clock would be a lot better uh, than the sand. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the sandglass yeah, during uh, uh, what? What is that? Yield. Yield. Yeah. Now, anyway, so that was, uh, quotes, that was that was segment. Amazing race. Rule changes. We'll be back with some quotes. <laughs> Play that theme again for your ass. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, so so in Amazing Race All Stars, uh, one of the teams includes uh, Myrna and Schmerna, or Myrna and Sharla, the dwarf and her cousin. Her cousin, who is a character from Joey. <laughs> 
uh, is that's Myrna, and she is. Uh, I, I don't know. I I hate her. I love her. I I don't know where I stand. I kind of I kind of like to watch her, but then I also want to hit her a lot. Yeah, she's just she's very very annoying, very full of herself, and not very nice. She's she's not a very nice person. She keeps talking about how uh, how. Shala is uh, is great, and it's great that a little person can do all these wonderful things. But then during the race, she's always like, "Come on, Shala, come on, <laughs> run, run faster, run, run faster, grow your legs more." <laughs> and they they actually seem to be fairly balanced in this new series. But people will remember from the first series that they were in, which was three or four or something. Um, Myrna did all the work. Yes, I mean. Uh, uh, it's burned into my memory this image of her carrying this side Two of beef of meat. Yeah. that was bigger than her down the street because her her bigger supposedly more able cousin just and couldn't. Sharla Sharla is the is the dwarf. Oh, right, yeah. Sorry, yeah, Charlotte yeah. was. Yeah, Charlotte was carrying these two huge slabs of meat because Myrna couldn't. Uh, Myrna wouldn't do it. She wouldn't touch it. She she couldn't do it. And, uh, and, and they, were, they were virtually dragging along the ground behind. So so now now. Myrna does take her share of uh, of the work a little bit more, but there are times that she doesn't allow uh, Charlotte to to you know use her well to, to basically acknowledge her own uh, disabilities in some situations, like an early episode where Charlotte decides that in order to complete a challenge, she's going to go and need to get a, a little step ladder, uh, and and Myrna starts shouting out, "There's no time to get a step ladder! Jump!" <laughs> Just jump! There's no time for a stepladder. So, uh, so you know, she she doesn't really understand, but she also thinks that she is like the best person in the world and yeah. and doesn't have any flaws. Uh, and this interview comes uh, at the end of a recent episode of the race. I think it's uh, episode five. So let's just it, it gives a really good idea of what Myrna thinks of herself. You know, just because someone's a little shorter or a little skinnier doesn't really matter. We work hard and we're a damn good team. And if people have a little more respect for us, then that's a wonderful thing to accomplish. A little skinnier. Like, that's ever really <laughs> been a criticism of anyone on The Amazing Race. So so all Myrna wants to do is point out, yes, Charlotte's short, but hey, aren't I skinny? <laughs> I I love it. She she just kind of has no idea about the world around her. It's nope. this is also the team. If uh, if race watchers will remember, uh, Myrna was the one who wanted to just hang on a second. We yes, we're in a race, but surely we have time to play a couple of hands of blackjack. Oh yeah, in the casino. In the casino. <laughs> come on, come on, just a little bit of roulette. Come on. <laughs> oh, they're fantastic. And uh, for local viewers, when's that coming up? Uh, that will be uh, April twelfth, I think. Yeah, it's in the it's in the tens somewhere it's in April. Coming, coming soon. In a, a couple of weeks' time on Channel Seven. Man, there's some really bad radio shows on, but you know they're really, really bad when they have to be a podcast that, like, absolutely no, not even the shittiest community radio station in the world can play them, and they have to do a podcast. Helen. Oh, hi, I'm John Safran, and you're listening to Box Cutters. It's a podcast where all the winners are. <laughs> you know what I wish, Brad? What do you wish? I wish that there was someone here who could tell me about some new shows. Yes. I always like to hear about new shows. I well, wish it's, uh, it's, it's funny oh, you two Ross. should say that because today I'm going to do a review of a new show called The Riches. That's all I've wanted. Oh, really? Yeah. Excellent. So this is the new game show on Channel 7 on uh, Monday nights? No, no, that's The Rich List. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Now, I'm, uh, I'm a big fan. It's, he's always getting things wrong. <laughs> I'm a big fan of, uh, of Eddie Izzard, the English comedian. I, mm-hmm. think he's, uh, I think he's fantastic. And so when I heard that he was executive producing and starring in a new television project, I was very excited, to say the least. Now, hang on, Ross. I'm guessing that you're still a big fan of Eddie Izzard because you're not one of the many people who forked out 65 bucks to see him do a half-assed, half-baked show that was totally underprepared and really quite bad. Do you think someone's a little bitter? You've you've mentioned this before. I I have never actually seen him live. Right. So, uh, but from the seven of his shows that I have seen, I'm I'm a huge fan. But obviously, if he's going to produce seven shows and distribute them, 
uh, on video and DVD and whatnot, they're probably the top tier kind of shows. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to distribute the, uh, the the lesser ones. Well, he is he is a fantastic stand up and mm. uh, and and really one of the best. But people in Melbourne, uh, particularly, and some people who came here from Adelaide to yeah. see him live, uh, just. So that Absolutely was his last tour here, was it? That was that was the last tour he did here. Okay, I did watch uh, Dylan Moran. The ABC had a Dylan Moran special on recently from yes. Black Books, and I think there's a lot of similarities there between those two. In fact, I would suggest that Dylan Moran's probably been very influenced by Eddie Izzard. Oh, that's that's interesting because they uh, they really started around the same time. Oh, did they? Well, yeah. then they've got extremely similar styles. I think it. I think it might have just been the style that was coming out of Britain at the time, because mm, mm. uh, there, there was a, a a lot of that sort of thing. Yeah, M- Moran and uh, and Isard pretty much started around pretty the same similar. time. Okay, yeah. Well, I, I I was amazed at how similar they were. Anyway, anyway the Riches. Anyway, the Riches. Produced and starring Eddie Izzard. <laughs> exactly, and it's a tale of gypsies and buffers and stealing the American dream. Uh, Eddie Izzard plays Wayne Malloy, who's a con artist, and his wife, who's played by Millie Minnie Driver. Oh, wait, sorry. wait, 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 wait. <laughs> uh, plays Dahlia Malloy, and she's uh, she's just been released from prison for a con that they both committed some three and a half years ago. And there's a, there's a little tension there about perhaps he's the one who should have gone down. And Was the con that she could act or be interesting on screen? And they have uh, they have three kids, so they're basically they're a uh, they're a con artist family. And they live out in the forest in in a big community with a whole lot of other uh, other gypsy con artists, known as the, uh, broadly known as the family. But uh, they have to leave there when their teenage daughter has to marry an inbred hick in an arranged in an arranged marriage. So they steal proceeds from the family bank. And run, and go for their lives. Uh, along the way, they have a have a car accident where they inadvertently kill a well-to-do couple who are moving into a brand new house that they bought unseen over the internet. So uh, when when the couple do actually die, the uh, Wayne and Minnie, uh, no Wayne and Dahlia, decide to uh, decide to take their place and the family move into this brand new house and obviously lots of... And t- take on their lives and... Et cetera, et cetera. That's the basic premise. Mm. And, and it kind of goes from... Yeah, it goes from there. So, so this is not dissimilar to the uh, very terrible Jim Belushi film Taking Care of Business. Uh, I haven't seen it. Right. Well, pretty much that's... He finds somebody else's file effects and takes over his life. Right. Then, yes. Right. Identical. <laughs> uh, it, it's very early on in this show. Uh, there's only been three episodes so far, but uh, yeah, I think it's fantastic. It's it's very interesting. It's quite dark. It's it's very funny. Like I said, I'm a huge Eddie Izzard fan, and you can see shades of his stand-up style coming out in his acting performance. Uh, particularly, he he decides he needs a job in his new life, and. Uh, the the guy who died, who is uh, whose name was Doug Rich, mm-hmm. so you see Hence the, the, the clever title, uh, was going for a uh, interview for a new law firm, and so uh, Wayne takes this as a challenge and attends the interview to see if he can get the job, right? Uh, and 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 does end up not working there, but does end up getting a job as a lawyer. And a lot of his improvised lawyer speeches, you can see a lot of uh, Eddie Izzard's comedy uh, comedy style coming out there. But the absolute revelation of this show, without a doubt, is Mini Driver. I have no time for her. I, similar to you, Josh, yeah. I think she is awful. She is fantastic in this. Really? She is she's spot on. I, I haven't liked anything that she's ever done before. But um, she's just brilliant as, a, as an American gypsy trash woman, but mixed with kind of street smarts. And it, it's a really interesting character, and she does it fantastically. See, that's, that, that is really interesting because the only thing that I've ever seen her be good in Mm-hmm. Was an episode of Knowing Me, Knowing You with Alan Partridge, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and uh, and she was one of his fake guests yep. on on uh, I think episode one or two of that show, and that's and then afterwards I went, oh, that was Mini Driver. I didn't even notice because it was quite funny. Yeah. Uh, so 
I have seen it. So maybe with these extreme characters, she can do it. I, I think you'd see a bit of similarity in this. Like, she is hard to recognise Okay. in this, uh, especially in the first episode where she's just come out of prison. She's very unglamorous, no makeup, deep southern accent. She's, she's very different in this. So I think she's fantastic. Now, where does, uh, where does that screen? It screens in the US on uh, the FX right. channel. And, uh, yeah, then there's a couple of similarities with, uh, with Big Love, which I've talked about a bit, which is getting screened on SBS here soon, just in this uh, idea of uh, just this horrible past and situation that these people have come from and shining a, shining a light on, you know, this, this, this family of gypsies that, that, they, that they've emerged from this horrible, slimy past, similar to, uh, similar to the Mormon upbringing the extreme Mormon upbringing in Big Love from the from the compound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Look, uh, I uh, I recommend this. Have a look at it. It's a very interesting show. I wonder if uh, t- does it seem like the sort of thing Channel Ten would uh, would pick up. Uh, I, I kind of like a lot of US cable stuff. I, I couldn't see a place for it here. Not not that I don't think it would do well. I just can't. SBS Monday nights ten o'clock could be could be I I just can't imagine Comedy Channel Fox Eight I can't imagine anybody picking up it's more it's probably more of a drama than a comedy okay uh, but I I just can't imagine seeing it on TV here but I couldn't imagine that with Big Love either so uh, or Weeds I couldn't imagine that with Weeds either so it's kind of yeah it's 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 dark and and interesting and something a bit different from American TV it's Fantastic. it's not forensics and People solving crimes by finding fingerprints on rocks and all that kind of garbage. So, uh, you know, try to download it or wait until Christmas. It'll probably be out as a box set. Hmm. This is uh, Jess McGuire and you're listening to the lovely men of Box Cutters who are always here to helpfully inform you of any existence of photos of Britney Spears giving birth on all fours, clutching lion's heads. Love nothing better. Download the hell out of it. Which takes us perfectly into a discussion on footy. Footy, yes. Well, it's a new season, and as everybody knows, the uh, the the channels broadcasting has uh, has done a bit of a switcheroo. Uh, it's funny; I don't think we covered that much in box cutters, but uh, no, but I yeah, there, I there have heard been about this. What's there the, have been football happened? broadcast rights. Channel Nine had them, and it's gone to Channel Seven. <laughs> so channel, oh, people, nine, channel Nine don't have them. Channel anymore. Nine don't have them anymore. I know people are shocked. We probably should have mentioned it on the show, right? But Fox Footy Channel that's still uh, that's still going. No, no, that's right. not still going. But, oh, uh, right. So but, Seven and Ten. Are, Broadcasting all the games. No, no, that was looking like <laughs> happening, but uh, Fox Three has uh, has stepped in. Fox and Sport is, Three. Fox Sport Three has okay. stepped in and is showing some it's, of the games. Doing like a couple of games a week. Yeah, something just like that. just the games that people don't watch. No, 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 no. Probably some of the games that people would like to watch. Really, yeah, like like yeah. all the games that that are worth watching at all. No, they're all no, on cable. Not all the games that are worth watching. Well. Surely Maybe. Andrew Demetrio couldn't have been for that because they, you know they, it would it would actually cut out the supporters and cut out uh, how, how much they had to pay to uh, to actually enjoy the games. They do actually show all eight games on Foxtel, so technically yes, they have all the games. But uh-huh. but four of them are shown live. Four of them are shown. Well, not really live. <laughs> four of them are shown on free to air. No, no, four of them are shown on Foxtel live. Oh yeah, four of them are shown on Foxtel absolutely live. But four of them are shown on free to air. Um. Not life. Right. But the AFL couldn't have been happy because it cut out all those uh, viewers. You know what? Andrew Dimitri was very happy. Very happy? Very happy. He really? said that, uh, go go buy yourself Foxtel. Oh, really? The million dollar man? Anyway. Anyway. So did, he couldn't give a shit say, about the, uh, the people who couldn't afford cable. Did he say, here's 200 bucks, go get yourself Foxtel? Uh, unfortunately, no. He Damn just it. said He just said, if you like your footy, go get Foxtel. Right. Anyway. <laughs> I would tell him to go get Foxtel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Channel 7 uh, broadcast their first game of Friday Night Footy uh, on Friday night. And uh, lucky they did on Friday night. Uh, Saints versus the Demons. They they did quite a good job. But there was one thing that was uh, particularly jarring. They One of the major points that they sold their Friday Night Footy on was it was going to start a lot earlier. Nine had gotten into the habit of foofering around for 20, 25 minutes. Showing so, Australia's funniest time videos. No, 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 no. Actually. No, in, in pre-game. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what, is the, uh, what does the field look like? Well, it's covered in grass. Mm, would Dermy, that be green all grass? in your hair tonight. Exactly. All that kind of stuff. Two ad breaks before the actual 
kick off of the game. This year, apparently, the players are wearing boots. Boots, you yeah. say, Dermot. <laughs> so uh, one, of, one of Seven's big promises was, you know what, we're going to cut that right back. Originally, they said they were going to start Friday Night Football at 8 o'clock, but we'll just forget about that promise. What time does the game start? Uh, 7.30. 7.15 or something? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that was a non-core promise. Uh, so they, they did their intro, which was mercifully quick. It was maybe two or three minutes. Then they cut to Dennis Cometti, and he said... We'll be back for the bounce of the ball in 60 seconds. And I thought, oh, that's great. That's a real improvement. At this stage, it was sort of 8.33, 8.34. I thought, nice. oh, yeah, they are actually starting a bit quicker. They then showed six or seven ads. That, Running about 10, 10 seconds, seconds each. <laughs> no, no, normal, normal size ads. Well, then came back. Seconds. Then came back for the toss of the coin. No. Which means before the players have even got into position. Now... I understand, like, he was obviously told to say that. That's a that's a big thing that they were trying to do. But it's almost as though he said it and then said, oh, I hope people watching have no concept of time. <laughs> like, I mean, it was, it was just a ridiculous thing to say. I mean, just say we'll be back straight away for the bounce of the ball. That's fine. Don't, you know, don't try and uh, get yourself stuck in a situation like that. So, I might, just ridiculous. I might speak to Channel 7, see if maybe we can get uh, Dennis Committee on to, uh, to come and talk to us because, yeah. A, I'd love to know all about uh, commentating football. It seems like a ridiculously hard job. Yep. And, B, I'd love to know about stuff like that. I mean, is he angry about being told to say that and then letting and then, his viewers down? Uh, well, or does he even realise because uh, it's an hour? He, he, he said that at 7.15, presumably. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, and, and at 8.30 when that, or 8.35 when that going to air, he's calling the rest of the game half time or maybe half time yeah so yeah but that would be interesting to have him on yeah uh another so f- did they actually use the half time break to to catch up the game at all no you'd think they would but no, no. they don't they, they never don't. have though no. they never really have uh the another thing is there uh the saturday and sunday games uh the saturday games were starting at 3:30 on channel 10 and this was just a bit of a nightmare uh, they kind of tried to shoehorn their new segment into half time which meant that the hour news got whittled down to a 20 minute news uh, which which is just a bit ridiculous. So and just then, a bit more than than the actual news that they had to to fill up. The, uh, <laughs> uh, and and so it was finishing at six thirty, which was just all a bit of a mess. Uh, now the Saturday and Sunday games are starting at three rather than three thirty, so they finish at six, and they're having their news straight after that. It's better for everybody. It's yeah. a much better way to do it. So yeah, that's the footy. That's that's the start of the footy season. Hey, um, when I cast my pod. It's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. It's uh, interesting to talk about footy and then think about what Channel 9 are doing with the ICC Cricket World Cup. Mm. Uh, Because Channel 9 are showing the games... Or should we call it the Cricket Rain Cup? (laughs) No, 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 we shouldn't. terrible. Well, last (laughs) night they, they were showing something interesting... It um, was it was the, the mattress they, rain. They called it off. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I did wake up at uh, four thirty. What? Go on. sorry. The camera work. The camera work over there was really bizarre. I saw them when they were walking out on the pitch. They're not. Channel Nine have nothing to do with that. Yeah. I would imagine. I, I they're, figured, they're just but getting it was the feed. Really odd. Well, this is footage. this is what what it comes to. Firstly, I, I woke up uh, the the other night at about uh, half past four mm-hmm. uh, and thought, oh, I'll watch some cricket. Because that's what you do. Yeah. Uh, and it was rained out and got to see uh, the end of an excellent uh, Australia versus New Zealand, I think, uh, one day from uh, 1992's World Cup, which yep. was excellent. Uh, the, uh, the, the thing is, when I actually watched World Cup proper and I'm seeing the feed come through from the West Indies and the entire feed, which includes all of the graphics... Mm-hmm. Come through from the West Indies, mm-hmm. and it uh, it tells me who my commentators are, and my commentators are two great international cricketers from years past, but that's not who I'm hearing. Oh. <laughs> who I'm hearing are two great cricketers from years past, but Australian cricketers in the Channel Nine studios, uh, Richie Benner and Tubby Taylor. Right, and I'm wondering why bother getting the feed and then paying these guys to to do all of this 
talking over over the actual commentators who are there at the ground and can commentate a lot better. Accents? They're going to be paying them anyway? No, because that, that, that's not how it's been for most of it. Uh, for most of what I've seen, it's been it's been the, the commentators have been there. Well, that's what I that's what I would have thought. And and they're not using the traditional Channel Nine commentators other than Mike Mark Nicholas. Yes, uh, they've got Greg Blewett over there, uh, and they're uh, using um, yeah a couple of just people we're not used to but, seeing so much here. But Tubby and Benno are not over there. They're not over there. No, and so that's, this that's was very during strange. during the England versus Ireland game. Uh, oh, okay. And and uh, it was like Michael Holding and someone, and I love Michael Holding as a commentator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that that's that is what they've been usually using for and, audio, and couldn't hear it because okay. Benno and and Taylor are talking out of their asses about stuff they don't even know about. And it's oh, you would have uh, you would have found a few blah blah blahs like that. Oh yeah, oh, oh he's doing that uh, bad as a keeper. You wouldn't have seen Ian Healy doing that. <laughs> uh, it's just shut up. I want to hear Michael Holding talk. Yeah. He is one of the greatest commentators we have uh, f- for cricket. Mm. And uh, I, d- I don't want to hear people from half a world away yeah, yeah. talking about how it may or may not rain. Well, I'll tell you what I did like. Uh, they've got a lot more stats. And I find that really handy, just coming up on the bottom of the screen, kind of like a crawl. Yes, uh, heaps more, just constantly, just uh, just refreshing every couple of seconds. They're actually, you know, telling you which batsman, what they're on, what the partnership is, how many balls have gone in the Coke, over, ecstasy, speed. It's uh, uh, it's not footy. We're talking about cricket here. <laughs> that's um, that's really handy. I really like that. Yeah, and and I also think they're making great use of widescreen for for cricket, which is a. Uh, great advantage. Yes, the camera work is not great, but the camera work is never as good when cricket is from another country. Channel 9's cricket team are just superb. And I didn't see uh, the second commentator on, on the ground actually get pushed on this time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, congratulations to the uh, Chaser boys who had their big premiere last Wednesday night. Came in number nine for the evening with uh, 1.17 million viewers. So that's uh, that's great news for them. Uh, I think those uh, billboards in Fallujah obviously really yes. helped. <laughs> uh, but that's yeah, that's that's great news for them. Did either I of did, you? I did I, like the opening titles uh, with the first two presenters and uh, their their titles being Will Anderson and Corinne Grant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I missed the beginning of it uh, and uh, only caught. Like the last fifteen minutes of it, I'd say I wasn't so impressed. Oh, really? Did you did you see the Today Tonight? Uh, yes, yes. Thought, with the, with the that, dolls, that was funny. Doll, I thought that was very funny. That was very funny. I yeah, I, I'm a bit up and down on them. I do tend to find they a little kind of childish and puerile for my tastes every now and then, and they do let the segments go on for far too long when it, when it's a simple joke. Yes, just get in, get out. But like just, the ad road test at Wendy's. Yeah, yeah, like that. And and well, uh, they did, did acknowledge that they had no way out with the one joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they they to, for my mind they tend to do that a lot. They tend to just keep kind of going and going and kind of think, yeah, we got the point. But yeah, and that and that kind of self referencing. But uh, regardless, yeah, it's, it's great boring. to see local comedy on the ABC oh, yeah. do so well. You know, it, and is fantastic. that doing better than the Glasshouse did? Uh, I would say it would have. It, pro- it probably last. It probably would. I, I think you'll have to wait and see. I mean, I, I can't. I'm not sure what the glass house was rating. I don't think it was getting in the top ten regularly, but um, I don't think you can say anything from the first episode that got a lot of publicity. No, I think that's uh, that's going to be interesting. Now on the on the blog this week, just while we're talking about time slots and changes mm-hmm. and, and what we do about first episodes. Uh, on the blog this weekend, I mentioned that uh, this week's episode of Rove Life starts at eight thirty Sunday night, which was uh, tonight. If you if you're a very quick downloader and, and, and you've you've managed somehow to work no out we're a day early, no one's going. Yeah, no one's even going to be looking for the hey, podcast. They, they, they don't have to look. That's the beauty, That's the beauty of, of podcasting. Uh, their podcast, yeah, but then they use they use iTunes, yeah. or is there another way of doing? Yeah, it if, they, if they use iTunes, oh. iTunes sucks. Or uh, uh, any any feed reader will, will do it for you. Don't don't use iTunes, people. The amount of complaints we've had from people ringing up saying, "Oh, this week's episode was only two minutes long." <laughs> no thing not coming in. It's all iTunes. Yeah, I've yeah, stopped it's, it's, using iTunes. Anyway, mm. um, is it Lime? Lime there's, wire. There's, lime no, wire. Lime. No, there's another. It's open lime source. And Coke. It's, um, it's an open pod, source pod catcher. iPodder X. Uh, I iPodski. Catch your Audio. 
What? Oh, look at rodeo. Pods. Rodeo. <laughs> yeah. Now, what were you saying? You were saying about Rove. Right, Rove's going to be at a rodeo. No. Uh, so uh, Rove's starting at eight thirty. At eight thirty on Channel Ten. Uh, now, obviously, and and we did have him lined up to come in, but he just fell through at the last minute because uh, we were recording on a Sunday. Uh, Unfortunately, no, Brett Cropper, you're a liar. <laughs> really? And that's just an out and out lie. <laughs> we didn't have him lined up. That's no. what he told us. And no. if, if you're going to just lie, just save it for Brett Cropley lies. That segment that we have every couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Next week there'll be know. all right. There'll be Brett, Brett Cropley lies. <laughs> I'm prepping some stuff for that. <laughs> Bring in, you'll bring in as much stuff as you bring in ordinarily. <laughs> the, uh, oh, zig, zig. Hey, hey, what do you think about that? So, Channel Nine this week on Sunday night, yep. and uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out uh, over the evening because Channel Nine, and some would say cynically, I don't know, Channel Nine are starting their CSI uh, bandwagon, big wall of entertainment at nine o'clock. Yes. Well, surely that's because Rove. we're up to the FINA uh, finals and stuff. And, and well, this is this we'll is the thing. The, swimming. the the FINA finals finish at nine. CSI starts at nine. Rove starts at eight thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't know. Something in me said, "Well, Channel Nine have just gone." Rove starts at eight thirty. Everyone's going to tune into the beginning of it to see, you know, how he starts the show, what he's like after after the loss of his wife last year, and uh, and ending the season early, and what's he going to say, and how's he going to look, and what's going to happen. And once that intrigue wears off, people are going to want to flick over and uh, and see people uh, solve the crimes of dead people. Maybe it's going to be half an hour before people realise there isn't going to be an opening monologue. <laughs> Maybe. I, I I I don't mean to burst your bubble at yep. all, but. Surely the program for the swimming was done many months before before Rove announced his comeback. Well, and this is and the the finish the swimming has been finishing at nine o'clock every night, has it not? I don't know. Ah, see, that's, because, that's it. Because I don't know, Josh cause... is one of the millions that just aren't watching it. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> yeah, no one is. That's me, exactly right. Me and my posse of <laughs> the population of Australia don't really give a shit <laughs> about the FINA World Cup. Or world championships or whatever. For for three guys who do a show about television, we watch remarkably little television. On free to wear. Yeah. Who the freak gives us stuff about? <laughs> it's not about swimming at Rod Laver. Oh no, Arena. no. I mean, I mean, just generally, everything. Uh, most of what we tend to watch isn't on free to wear. Well, that's because, and we've discussed this a number of times. The networks have a tendency to to piss us off. Mm. Uh, you know, that's. Clearly, that's, that's apart what's from Brett, who tapes every channel, every, every single day, channel, and then <laughs> twenty-four hours a day, except for the swimming. And, and so hard to catch up. And I have <laughs> images of you, Brett, sitting there like some evil overlord <laughs> with a, a, a bay of televisions <laughs> and watching them all at once. Yeah. Well, you have been at my house, so so you can't. You don't just have to imagine that; you can just visualize it from memory. Yeah, I, uh, you didn't take me into that room. Oh, that's right. You showed me the torture chamber and you showed me the shark tank, but like you didn't the, show uh, me the uh, the, it's bay like of the surveillance rooms in Lost. Ooh, they're so screens. cool. Speaking of Lost, the pigs screen, are walking. So. The pigs are walking. Speaking of Lost, did uh, did you guys? Well, obviously you did, but did you happen to see this week's Lost? From, out of the US? Out of the US. No. You're not up to that, are you? I'm not up to that. Without wanting to do any kind of spoiler, it was an interesting show, but it was more like. It was more like the Twilight Zone or something. Kind of. I'll, I will tell you uh, what I heard on a podcast in the US a, a few weeks ago, and I think maybe I, I mentioned this. Yep. Uh, it's a, a podcast that I listened to called... Oh, I think you mentioned it to us off air. ...called The Treatment uh, mm-hmm. that comes out of uh, a Los Angeles uh, radio station, and uh, it's hosted by a guy named Elvis Mitchell. He had two of the producers of Lost On to talk for half an hour mm-hmm. and uh, in that they were talking about how uh, firstly a lot of fans were annoyed at the very large break uh, and they said well as we get towards the end of the end of the series you'll understand why we took that break. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've mentioned on air about uh, Walt uh, going away and coming back and how they uh, how they couldn't. They've got a plan to make him to make him age suddenly, mm. because the thing is, they were only on the day on the island for eighty days, but 
uh, Walt was aging a lot faster. Yeah. Something about hormones and growth or something. And uh, and so that's why they'd sent him away. Uh, and another thing they said without uh, doing any spoilers is that a lot of their viewers had written in to talk about how annoyed they were with the characters of Nikki and Paolo, who in this season of Lost just came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Suddenly they started appearing. And well, you rub out a few. You want to you want to have somebody to take over their spots. Well, that's that's kind of what what it seemed like. But they also just added absolutely nothing to the show. Uh, and the producer said, "Well, don't worry about Nick and Paolo. We really uh, we we have ideas for them, and it will all come clear in the future." Are they heading back to Black Rock? Was it Black Rock? The ship and the the dynamite. Yeah, how they got like rid that. of the science feature. Like yeah. Yeah, I, I uh, still it was, watching it. I thought, oh, this is great. This is a fantastic episode. It's a fun episode. But then I kind of got to the end and thought, well, that was really pointless. In fact, that was a waste of my time. Yeah, but it it wasn't because it was still entertaining. It was still a great. It was still a great hour of television. It was only a waste mm. of your time in terms of discovering new things about the series of Lost. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't buy it personally. I don't know. I, I, I didn't mind it. Speaking of uh, wastes of time, have you guys uh, ca- caught the new series of Rockwiz on Saturday nights nope. on SBS? Yeah, a little bit. It's uh, shifted from the 45-minute uh, format with no ads to a one-hour format with ads. Because ah, it was originally half-hour, no ads. 45 minutes. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure it was originally half-hour, wasn't it? Ready? I'm Fight. fairly sure it was 45 minutes. I have. Uh, you know what? Email us at hooray. I've Fox never watched an entire episode of Rockwiz. just doesn't ring my bell. Well, they they haven't added anything to the gameplay, or or any extra questions, um, apart from maybe the last the final five minutes, which have vaguely renamed the final few minutes. Uh, even though Brian Nakavis is still counting down on his stopwatch and doing the five four three two one at the end, um, really could just be called a bit of a waste of fifteen minutes. It basically it seems that they're just not cutting the the fat uh, from what they're shooting in the Gershwin room um, and just leaving 15 minutes of that left in. Wow, that's, that's, that's going to make for great television. Not editing it. That always works Well, they so edit well. it. They just, they just chop out less. So they're yeah, chopping but, out 15 minutes less because obviously they have a lot more footage that, that's than what they can use on air. But as we've also discovered with this show, Brett, when we have to pare things down, uh, it makes for a much punchier, much more entertaining well, show. Well, this is what I'm saying. So the it's one not, hour format no is, good. is a waste of 15 minutes of right. our time. What about the half hour format? There never was a half hour format. Is that So it's like a video podcast? <laughs> no, there is a video podcast. No Email podcast. us at hooray at boxcars.net if you think there is a video. No, if you think <laughs> there uh, that there was a half hour version of Rockwiz. Speaking the of original. Mini Driver, somebody that's always reminded me of Mini Driver, Janine Garofalo. What? How can you... <laughs> No, no, no. Now, come on. They're both women. (laughs) And short and... Yeah, but one's like ridiculously talented and the other one's mini I really liked Janine Garofalo. But uh, watching her on the West Wing, like at least half a dozen times an episode, I'm shocked at at the shock of her big dark eyebrows. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What? Wait, wait. No, never mind. (laughs) I'm, re- I'm letting that one go, Ross. What do you think? I, I'll just let it go. I, I, I haven't I seen the West. I haven't seen the West Wing, and I, I haven't noticed her eyebrows when I haven't seen it. That's, I've, I don't know what he's talking. So about. with the campaign, she's come on board yeah, 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 as, yeah, as yeah, one of the campaign yeah. managers, and she's got big eyebrows. Yeah, and like like savagely big eyebrows. And has she always had big eyebrows, and you just never noticed? I'm not sure that they've been that big. Are they prop eyebrows? No. No, they're actually no, they're her, just her eyebrows. eyebrows. They're not like not like that guy in Dune who uh, who has the ridiculously large eyebrows. No, two, two not like Alan no, Stockdale, like, former like, treasurer no, of Victoria. No, not like John Howard. <laughs> two form, two caterpillars died on just above her eyes. You're saying, two yeah, big, big, furry big black furry caterpillars <laughs> died right above her eyes. Yep, and right. they're so square as well. Like they, she, she obviously stops plucking in a line <laughs> to stop the monobrow coming on. <laughs> See, this is why women news readers will never be as uh, as well regarded as men because people like Brett just can't get over certain physical aspects. And I'm, I'm sure I am sure they've gotten hairy. And that brings us to the oh, end of Boxcutters. Thank you. 
episode 79. Oh, I would like to... You can put like a link to, up on uh, the blog uh, to the... the podcast you were talking about last no week. i will I, I will remember to do it this week i will like to thank our guests the uh senator coonan talking parrot i'd also like to say a big thank you to triple r and the scar <laughs> vendors for our musical yes, backing. for the musical backing and a big thank you to three triple r whose studios we use to record this podcast each and every week am i being sacked my name is ross mccoyne josh canal i continue <laughs> to be brett cropley thanks for listening to box cutters catch us again next week Slightly different bat time, slightly different. No, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. I don't, I don't know. So, so am I being given the sack? Like, what's what's going on here? If anyone's going to be given the sack, I think you'll know who it's going to be. It, it's me, <laughs> isn't it? It's me. What have I done? Don't forget to check out the blog, boxcutters.net. Check out the Superstore of Love. Send us emails. Hooray, boxcutters.net. Bye. 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 I thought the show was going really well until that.